It is Friday, December 10th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 14 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, we talked on the Thursday pod about this being kind of a tough scoring slate based on the Vegas projections. Certainly didn't play out that way last (laughs) night, ultimately, between the Steelers and Vikings, but we also talked about that. Anyway, looking ahead to this, however, it could get even tougher for DFS scoring because not only do we have Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson gone, the Pittsburgh trio already played, there's no Devontae Adams on the main slate, there's no Aaron Jones, there's no Rams, there's no Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Is that making it tougher to find plays that you like this week, or is it easier to kind of distill your player pool? So this week is definitely way different than last week. Last week was one of those weeks where you had to sort of eliminate good plays just because you can't play everyone. This week it's kind of tough to find enough plays you love to fill lineups. I I feel like I tend to do better in these types of weeks where scoring tends to be lower. You sort of have to get into the fringy plays to, you know, fill out your lineup. So I'm, I'm hoping it's a good week for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not as comfortable as it was, um, you know, constructing lineups on DraftKings as it was last week. Do you ever find that you change the way you play, whether it be how many lineups or what kind of contests you entered to the, you know, depending on just how it feels <laughs> yeah. to make the picks from the player pool that particular week? I really don't, but I should, like I should, well, I don't, I don't know. I, Maybe not. Should you play more when you feel like you're going to do better, even though like there's no way to know, obviously, until, sure. the, until the slate's over. Um, I, I do sometimes play a bit more volume in cash if I like love my cash lineup. Um, but like as far as tournament lineups go, I, I've really been sticking to like four to six tournament lineups every week for the whole season. Well, let's start building those lineups now. Mm-hmm. And we'll start as usual with cash quarterback. And I know it's a pretty easy pick for me, Jared. Mm-hmm. Who do you have at cash QB? It's not easy for me. It's kind of changing on the fly here um, based on kind of our options at other positions. Like I, I think there's good options at the top end and there's, I think there's a couple good cheap options. I, I think as of now I'm leaning cheap at quarterback with Taysom Hill at $5,600. Um, and there's obviously some risk. He's going to be playing through the mallet finger. Um, but he, he played through that for what, at least the second half of last week's game. The, the passing wasn't pretty. I mean, he threw four interceptions. He still scored 27.7 DraftKings points because of the rushing and he gets the jets this weekend who suck in pass defense and run defense. So he'll can take advantage of both of those things. He'll also gets Alvin Kamara back this week, which, you know, gives him, um, you know, his best weapon in the passing game. So there, I think there's added upside there. So I'm leaning towards Taylor and now for cash. Yeah. I'm leaning toward a similar guy, Cam Newton, right about the same price, 5,400. I just think that Cam Newton's got more around him than Taysom Hill does. Uh, Falcons have allowed the second most QB points per game. They're the second best matchup for quarterbacks by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. The only quarterbacks who have fallen short of 17 fantasy points against the Falcons this year are Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold and Mac Jones and Mac Jones did so in a game where he played well 22 of 26 passing 207 yards one touchdown he just didn't need to do much in a 25 nothing win so I'm not worried about Cam Newton dudding last time I guess there's some risk in them making the switch at OC ahead of this game but 
I mean, clearly they didn't dump Joe Brady because they thought that things were going well with what he was calling. So I'm going to trust the veteran quarterback who can run versus this terrific matchup rather than worry about that factor. Yeah. Cam's right there for me too. I, um, I, I feel a bit better about Hill's rushing projection. That's kind of why I lean towards him, but I do think I agree with you. Cam has the better weapons at this point. Yeah. And they're both pretty similar. So I wouldn't, if somebody's like, I like Taysom Hill instead, I'm, I'm not like, that's a bad idea. So, yeah, and, 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 you know, Cam, Cam's $200 cheaper. So if you do, you know, get down to it and you need those 200 extra dollars, I do think Cam is, is just fine. Mm-hmm. So GPPs, I think both of these guys are in play there yep. as well. If, if I'm using Cam Newton, I would go ahead and stack him with DJ Moore because he's the clear top receiver there. And we saw last week that the Bucks just started out the game attacking the Atlanta pass defense, thinking that that was the weakness, even though they could run the ball as much as they want to as well. So I don't think we're going to get that kind of approach here, but we should get some passing success. And if Cam Newton has, you know, a tournament winning kind of performance, it's probably not all coming on the ground. Yeah, I think Moore is the stack with Newton. I think Alvin Kamara is the stack with Taysom Hill. I think you can also play both those guys unstacked. Um, and I do like them in tournaments because, again, to me, there's not a lot of cheap plays to like this week, especially in tournaments when we're looking for ceiling. Um, so I do like saving money at quarterback on these two guys who you know can both put up 25 points, um, and then you can sort of spend up and do some game stacks elsewhere. So I do like Cam Newton and Taysom Hill for tournaments. Um I like Josh Allen for tournaments. I think he's the guy I'd go to if I was looking to pay up at quarterback in cash. Um, $7,800 for Josh Allen. I, I just think he's going to throw it 45 to 50 times in this game. I don't think Buffalo is even going to try to run on a tough Bucks pass defense. I, I do think this game's going to shoot out. So I think Allen's pretty safe. He obviously gives you the rushing floor. My favorite tournament play, though, is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I'm hoping he comes in low on because he's, you know, he's been disappointing Five of the last six weeks, he's been disappointing. The one week he was not disappointing was against this Raiders defense. Um, he threw for 406 yards and five touchdowns, 39.2 DraftKings points. Even going back to last year against Vegas, 340 yards and two touchdowns, 348 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so you know, he 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 likes playing this defense. And the Chiefs have the highest implied total on the entire week at 29 points. So despite how disappointing the offense has been, you know, Vegas expects the Chiefs offense to, to do well on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue against the upside of either either of those guys. I'm curious to see what the ownership projections look like for the, the high-end quarterbacks. I would bet that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes come in as the two highest-owned QBs on the slate. Josh Allen's tops in the Fantasy Pros Expert um, accuracy rankings heading into the weekend. So people are expecting a big game from him here. Certainly capable. I also think there's some downside risk to Josh Allen, though. He hasn't been playing all that well over the past five weeks outside of one big game against the Jets. He can certainly, you know, produce fantasy wise without playing a good real life game. And I agree that there is the big uh, upside to the volume this week, but there is some downside risk. So I'll be curious to see if we can get Tom Brady at like half the ownership of Josh Allen or something along those lines that would make him very interesting to me. And just circling back to, you know, the cheap running guys that we talked about earlier, and we got a question from Jose Morales on YouTube about it. I think I'm even more interested in playing Taysom Hill naked in a tournament lineup because while I do agree that Kamara is the stack, if you're going to stack him with somebody, and I do think that he'll throw plenty of targets Kamara's way, I think that the ultimate game for either of those guys is going to take away touchdowns from the other one. So there's room for the Saints to just score five of them and for both of those guys to do it you know, well. There's also room for one of those two to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, cut away at the other's upside, I think. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I'm leaning towards playing Hill unstacked 
in tournaments. Um, but again, I, I do think Kamara is the guy to stack with him if you want to go that, that direction. Yeah, if I'm playing multiple Taysom Hill tourney lineups, I'm definitely putting some with Kamara in there because, they're like I said, they're playing the Jets, and it's quite possible that everybody scores in that game. Yep. On to running back. And, I mean, for cash, Jared, Austin Eckler at 8300 bucks yeah. is difficult to avoid across formats here, don't you think? Yeah, you know, I think he would have been in play for cash even if the Chargers had their wide receivers at full strength. Uh, we know Keenan Allen is not going to play in this game. And Keenan Allen has you know, been seeing double-digit targets every week since the buy. And a lot of those have been short range in the same area. Austin Eckler works. So, you know, Eckler averaging 5.9 targets per game this season. I, I think he, he beats that pretty easily. I think you're getting, you know, seven, eight, nine targets out of him in this game. And his matchup on the ground is really good. The Giants 31st in football outsiders run defense rankings and they're 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back. So I do think Eckler is a good play. I do think Leonard Fournette, you know, for what is he? $900 cheaper. Is pretty similar as far as, you know, dollars per point value goes. Yeah, I would say similar in dollars per point projection. I would also say, though, that I wouldn't be shocked to see 12 plus targets for Austin Eckler. So I think he he's the winner on ultimate ceiling here because with, with yeah. what's going on there, you know, it, the other thing is Mike Williams is obviously still going to be around now um, because he's tested negative all week. So we wondered about him during the week. He is going to be on the field. It's a little bit easier to bottle up. Um, Mike Williams than it is to bottle up Keenan Allen. So there's a chance that the Giants have a plan and stop Mike Williams from doing a whole lot. And we see even more funneled to Austin Eckler in this game. So yeah, he's going to be one that's just kind of tough to get away from no matter what the, the contest size or ownership is here. And then I'll just differentiate elsewhere. Are you going to fade, not necessarily fade, but play less Eckler in tournaments if he's, you know, headed for 40% ownership or something along those lines? Uh, I'm definitely not going to fade him. You know, if we want to get into tournament plays here, though, I, I do like Alvin Kamara um, for a few hundred dollars cheaper. Um, and I'm assuming he's going to come in lower own. You know, we'll see how that shakes out. I and mean, we haven't seen Kamara in a month now. I do think there's some narrative. And some of it is, is you know, correct in that Taysom Hill hurts Kamara a little bit. Like his target volume is probably down a bit from, you know, what it was with Drew Brees. And Hill's going to steal some goal line stuff and all that. But no Mark Ingram or Ty Montgomery for the Saints. Like, and Camara was a full goal in practice all week. So I think he's going to, you know, have his full workload. I don't think he's going to be limited in this game. And, and it's the Jets, you know, the worst defense against running back. So I think, I think Camara's ceiling is just as high as Eckler's. He's a bit cheaper. And I, and I do expect him to come in lower owned. I would probably give Eckler the higher PPR ceiling, but I agree that the ceiling is similarly high because, you know, we want to look back on last year's Taysom Hill and judge the targets there. But Kamara is their only proven reliable wide receiver at this point. Yeah. There, there's nothing else that you can count on. We can certainly get a game here or there from Traquan Smith. I'm not sure we can get a game here or there from Marquez Callaway, but there's not a whole lot else. So there are going to be plenty of targets for Kamara. So yeah, I'm not worried about that area. Uh, you know, going back to the cash side, you talked about Eckler, you talked about Fournette. I want to throw out Javante Williams at 5,900 that I think is still in play for cash, even with Melvin Gordon um, back this week. The carry splits the past two times that they were both active and the Broncos won, which it certainly seems like they should this week against the Lions. Gordon had 17 carries. Javante Williams had 14 plus four targets against the Chargers. There was the game at Dallas where they blew out the Cowboys. Gordon carried 21 times. Williams carried 17 times. So even if we're back to an even split here, there's room for Williams to be fine in cash lineups. And, you know, there's the upside that maybe they give him more after what he did. And given that Melvin Gordon's going to be somewhere short of 100%. Yeah, in this skill position group, the Lions are going to be trotting out on Sunday. No Jamal Williams, no TJ Hawkinson. 
I mean, it's been bad all season. It's going to be, you know, very bad on Sunday. So, you know, Denver really should have no problem playing with a lead here and feeding those running backs, you know, like 30 carries combined at least. Um, I, I do think I prefer, though, Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson in cash, um, who are, you know, a few hundred dollars more expensive than Javante Williams. I mean, you know, both those guys have been dominating their backfields. You know, Gibson would become shakier if J.D. McKissick is cleared from his concussion. He's questionable. He was limited in practice Thursday and Friday, so he still has work to do to to clear that protocol. If McKissick plays on Sunday, I might pivot to Javante Williams instead of Gibson, but if McKissick is out, I'd prefer Gibson over Williams and Cash. Yeah, Yeah, if there's no McKissick, it's going to be tough to get away from Gibson. I agree in the same price range. On the GPP side, I think I'm still squeezing Eckler in there, plus another likely more expensive running back. You know, they're one of the guys that we've already talked about, including Antonio Gibson there. But one guy that's down a little bit in price uh, that I would consider is Kareem Hunt at 5,600 bucks over here. Limited playing time two weeks ago when they met the Ravens. Um, But before that, last year, 13 targets across two meetings with Baltimore, uh, 19 carries, five and a half yards per rush in those two games against Baltimore. And that was a Baltimore defense that was better than the one that's been playing this year. Kevin Stefanski says his running backs are ready for more work this time than they were a couple weeks ago. They both have been dealing with injuries. They both just had a bye. So it sounds like Cleveland wants to give them the ball more. And Kareem Hunt is now off the injury report for the first time uh, in a while. I can't, I I thought I wrote it down. I don't remember exactly when, but uh, he's off the injury report for the first time in several weeks. Um, He's had 10 plus carries in four of the five games that he shared with Nick Chubb earlier this season before they both went down with those calf injuries. Yeah. I like that call. You know, I, I think, I think Hunt's upside might be more in the passing game than in the running game and just in this matchup. Um, but I like it. Um, I, I'm going to mix in, you know, I'm going to be focused on the running backs we talked about for cash, even in tournaments. Cause again, I don't think you should be getting crazy at running back in tournaments, mm-hmm. but um, I, I am going to mix in some Clyde Edwards, Alaire in my non Patrick Mahomes lineups. Again, I, I just expect the chiefs offense to play well. On Sunday, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has 36 carries and five targets in his uh, two games back from injury. Now, he's losing some passing game work to Darrell Williams, which hurts, but you know, he's getting enough volume on the ground. Uh, Vegas 30th and adjusted points allowed to running back, so the matchup's good for CEH. And then we should mention Jeff Wilson, who I think is you know, like the only cheap running back play that's you know, viable this week. Um, Elijah Mitchell has been ruled out. Uh, Trey Servant's on IR, so it's going to be – Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty in San Francisco's backfield. Um, I, I think Hasty is going to mix in, probably playing passing downs. But you know, Jeff Wilson saw 19 carries and two targets in that uh, Week 11 spot start. He disappointed in that game, you know, in the box score, which I think will keep some people off him. But I mean, if you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo hits him wide open in the end zone, people are feeling different about Wilson's outing there. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take a guy who's going to get 15 to 20 touches at $4,400 as at least a tournament option. I don't think I'll get there in cash, but as a, you know, salary saver in tournaments, I think, I think Wilson is worth considering. I think he's going to wind up being popular as the expected lead back for San Francisco. And I, I, I can't say that I'm all that interested because he wasn't very good last time. And we also got 10 carries for Trey Sermon in that game. And we've seen so far this year that Jamichael Hasty is higher in Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> mental depth chart than Trey Sermon is. So yeah. I don't know for sure that Jeff Wilson's going to control the work in this backfield. I'd rather just spend up to Kareem Hunt and, and take a player that I believe in more than go there. But I, I will be interested to see what that ownership projection comes in at. I, I think he'll end up being in the double digits because people oh, yeah. always want the you know 49ers lead running back. 
Yeah, double digits, yes. You know, if he gets into the 20s, I might hop off him. But I don't know. When you start start building lineups on DraftKings this week, the savings that Wilson gives you is you know definitely useful. And I agree with Kareem Hunt's upside being primarily in the receiving game. Baltimore's 30th in running back coverage DVOA. Um, but, you know, just pointing out that he is still getting carries <laughs> even when Nick Chubb is around with him. Wide receiver for cash. Jared, do you think Jalen Guyton and or Joshua Palmer is in play even in cash on this slate? Yes, I think they're in play just because, again, I think, you know, getting a $3,400 receiver in Guyton or a $3,000 receiver in Palmer is, you know, useful. Um, I think they're they're less exciting with Mike Williams likely to play. Um, but I, I do think they're they're in play. They're worth considering. And again, if you're if you're not going to play someone like like Jeff Wilson in cash, I, you know, you almost kind of have to go down and play one of these Chargers receivers. Um, so they're, they're both in play. I'm playing Mike Evans in cash. Um, I, I know he's not like a prototypical cash game wide receiver. I'm just all in on him this week. Um, you know, the the Bills just have not been tested since they lost Tredavious White. They you know that game was against the Saints. The Saints don't have the receivers to, to test outside corners. And then you know Monday night's game, the Patriots literally threw the ball three times. Um, I I think Tom Brady's going to look at that Bills defense and say, you know, Dane Jackson, who is the Trey White replacement. That's where I'm going to go. I'm going to attack. Mike Evans versus Dane Jackson. I think Evans is going to be the focal point of the Bucks passing game on Sunday. I think you know it's been a while since we got a big Mike Evans game, but I think I think Sunday it's going to come. It certainly could be the case. And he's down to 6600 versus last week. It's the lowest price since week 7 on DraftKings. You know, we'll see what this matchup looks like, but I agree it is potentially something for them to strike and that's what makes me curious to see where Tom Brady's going to land um, in ownership projection this week. The mentioned the cheap chargers duo. Those guys lead our DK dollars per point projections together though. They're number one and two on that list, even with Mike Williams projected. So there's certainly room for you to put those salaries in, I think in any um, contest format here, the chargers are also the fourth highest team in neutral situation pass rate since their week eight by according to rbsdm.com. Top half of the league in three wide receiver sets as well, according to Sharp Football Stats. So we could see both of these guys on the field plenty. And the matchups, the individual coverage matchups are not scary for either of those guys. The Giants are dealing with some injuries in their secondary, losing Adoree Jackson for the second straight week. Laquan Treadwell at 3,400, Jared, is kind of in a similar boat in that he absolutely could bust for you. But for a guy who's 3,400 bucks, a decent target outlook. Yeah, just looking at our projections, I mean, we have Treadwell basically projected even with Josh Palmer. We do have Guyton like a point and a half ahead of both those guys. Guyton, though, he's still like I don't think his his role is going to change as like a downfield guy. So I do think I think Palmer might actually have the higher floor among these Chargers wide receivers, and I think Treadwell's floor is right there with Palmer. Um, so I do think Treadwell is in play for cash if you you know want to stay away from the Chargers guys. It's interesting that Justin Herbert's best play has been in the deep range. That's where he's got his highest PFF grids, but his a dot has shortened lately. So it's tough to know whether Jalen Guyton or Joshua Palmer fits better with what he wants to do this week. And we'll see exactly what he wants to do, but there's definitely a case for uh, any of those players. Otherwise in in cash, I'm considering Marquise Brown at 6,300. He's down to his lowest price since week nine, seven plus targets in five straight games. 10 plus targets in four of those five games, including an eight catch game with bad Lamar Jackson play against the Browns last time. And I think DJ Moore at 6,200s in play, not he's less safe than Marquise Brown. So I'm probably not playing both of those guys and I'm probably not going to more over Brown, but more is an option. His price is up versus last week, but it's still at its second lowest level since week three. You're going to, you're going to make me pimp Hunter Renfro. You're not going to do it. You're going to make me 
He's too expensive for I'm, me to get excited about yeah, without him paying I'm, up and running back. I'm I'm he he's in my cash game lineup right now. Renfro is, um, which feels crazy, especially because he's not like super cheap at 6,100 bucks. But I mean, he's Renfro's wide receiver eight in PPR points over the past five weeks. Those are the five games without Henry Ruggs, and he's averaged. 8.2 targets per game over those over those five. He saw 10 targets last week without Darren Waller, and Waller is out again for this game against the Chiefs. So I, I just think, you know, Renfro is a, a safe target bet, even for, for his price tag. You know, he, he's just a high catch rate guy because he's still working short stuff. So I, I think he has a very high floor even for that, even for that price tag. And I haven't checked, but their slot corner has been out for a couple of games, or Shad Fenton, I believe. So I, I'll have to look to see if about that matchup. Yeah, I think I think he's back this week, but you know, I mean, come on, Renfro is gonna gonna beat Rashad Fenton, right? You don't look at the matchups when it's Hunter Renfro we're talking about. I certainly won't argue against him as a cash option. Over on the GPP side, this is where I'm particularly interested in Mike Evans with my Tom Brady stack. If I'm I'm playing that, I I wonder what his um, ownership rate is going to be with the cheaper price versus Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin put up the big week last week. Curious to see where the sharper fantasy football minds of now are um, positioning these two wideouts. But I, I definitely like Evans even more here because of his target volatility. Um, you know, there's still downside. I also really like Amari Cooper, who's down to 5,900 this week. He's fully healthy for the first time since week eight. He's $1,300 less in salary than CeeDee Lamb. He's just 400 more than Michael Gallup. The target counts have been all over the place for Amari Cooper, which is why I can't feel good about him in cash. I think he's, you know, he, you can consider him on that side, but know that there's a low floor for his targets. He has just as much upside, though, as CeeDee Lamb. His week one receiving line for Amari Cooper remains the largest by any Cowboys wide receiver in PPR scoring this season. Yeah, 42 DraftKings points in that game. He also has a 29.2-point DraftKings game. So, you know, he, he's been disappointing this season, but you know, he, he still has that upside in for 5900 bucks in, in a game we like in a spot. I think, you know, we, we like for the Cowboys passing game. I think Cooper is definitely in play. Actually, I had CD lamb here as a tournament play too, you know, $7,200. So he's not cheap, but Washington's 27th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And they have really struggled against slot wide receivers. You know, Cole Beasley caught 11 balls against them. Hunter Renfro went nine for one Oh two. Uh, Sterling Shepard had nine catches against them. Keenan Allen had nine catches against them and CD lamb's been playing, uh, mostly in the slot when the Cowboys have Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. So I like the spot for CD Lamb. I'm going to play Jamar Chase again. As I said, I'm going to keep playing Jamar Chase now until he has a big game. He should have had a big game last week, but he dropped what would have been like a 70-yard touchdown. So, you know, as soon as that happened, I knew I was I was going to have a losing week in tournaments. Um, so that was fun. Um, and then Cole Beasley, who I, I mentioned, uh, we talked about him on yesterday's preview, Bob. You know, he, he's kind of the Bills' go-to guy when facing zone coverages and the Bucks play zone coverage at the fourth highest rate in the NFL. So I, I think this could be one of those, you know, 10 target games for Beasley. He's just 5,000 bucks. So I like him as part of your Josh Allen stacks, or maybe you know as part of your um, Tom Brady stacks as the run back on the Bills side. Yes, I agree with that. I have Cole Beasley down as an option here as well. Over to tight end, J- uh, Jared, Kenneth Robinson says on YouTube that it's Donald Parham season. You believe that? <laughs> Um, not in cash, um, in tournaments. Sure. I mean, you can kind of play anyone at tight end in tournaments. Yeah. I'm sure that he's referring more to tournament teams and there's certainly upside for him and everybody else with Keenan Allen out, uh, for cash though, at tight end, I'm going to pay down to Gerald Everett at 3,500 bucks, 20% target share in his four games since Russell Wilson returned from the finger injury, 74% catch rate for Everett over that span, 77% for the season. The yardage has been weak for Everett, but he gets a Texans matchup that has been the second best 
by our adjusted fantasy points allowed for tight ends. So that certainly balances that out, gives Gerald Everett not only a decent floor for the position and the price, but also some good upside this week, I think. Yeah, Everett is the cheap tight end I would like to get to. Um, in the lineup I, I'm currently rocking right now, I have Jared Cook in there, who's $3,200. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to benefit from Keenan Allen's absence. You know, Cook, Cook's played about two-thirds of his snaps either in the slot or out wide this season. So he, you know, he's more wide receiver than tight end anyway. So I think he gets a bump with Keenan Allen out. And then you know, in between Everett and Cook, I think Austin Hooper at $3,400 is also a pretty strong option. Uh, Harrison Bryant and David Njoku are out for Sunday's game against Baltimore. So, you know, all that tight end action should go to Austin Hooper. Um, and, you know, Baltimore has been pretty weak in tight end coverage this season. We talked about Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, and they've been talked about plenty during the week. But I think there's room for Jared Cook to even be in the flex consideration as opposed to one of those guys who is not, you know, normally as involved in the offense as Jared Cook is week to week. Yeah, I mean, for, for tournaments, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, still, I'm still a three running back guy cash so i wouldn't i wouldn't be messing with one of those guys in the flex spot for cash mm-hmm. gpp side what are you playing at tight end so i think travis kelsey's really interesting um you know it's it's per, even for me personally it's always tough to like pay up for a tight end like that um but i'm probably going to force myself to do it and at least one of my Mahomes teams um you don't really have to make an argument for kelsey but you know he, he he's caught eight balls for over 100 yards in each of his last three games against the raiders um so he obviously likes the matchup on the other side of that game, I, I might give Foster Moreau a shot. You know, he was super chalk last week, disappointed everyone. And, you know, and, and the usage was disappointing, which is scary. You know, just a 64% route rate for Foster Moreau and just three targets. Um, but, I mean, you know, week seven still happened when Waller missed that week seven game. And, you know, and Moreau saw six targets, caught all six of them for 60 yards in a score, ran a route on 86% of the pass plays in that game. So, I don't know, maybe it was just a game plan thing that, you know, sort of had him blocking more last week. So, you know, what I, what I expect to be super low ownership this time around at $4,000 against the, you know, a beatable chiefs tight end defense. Um, I think, I think Moreau is worth a shot in tournaments. Yeah, certainly in consideration. I think similar to Travis Kelsey, I'm looking at George Kittle at 6,900 bucks. It's difficult for me as well to pay up for tight ends on DraftKings here, but I, I kind of like the idea of paying up for George Kittle more than paying up for the expensive wideouts here. The matchup looks neutral to even slightly negative by fantasy points allowed, but the Bengals are 24th in tight end coverage DVOA. They allowed a big game to Darren Waller in week 11. They allowed tight end touchdowns to four of their past five opponents. And, you know, you might say, yeah, it's Darren Waller. Well, we're talking about George Kittle. So if there's some softness for a dominant tight end, that's what this is. And I also like betting on the San Francisco passing game a little bit more this week than leaning on either Jeff Wilson or Jermichael Hasty with Elijah Mitchell out. Yeah, I didn't even mention Brandon Ayuk in the tournament section, but I like going back to him in tournaments as well. Man, Kittle was in my player pool last week. You know, he, he stared me in the face on my little spreadsheet I make every week, and I just I didn't get to him because again, I I struggled getting myself to pay up for for tight ends in tournaments even. But you know, he he was such a good play last week, and he was he, you know, he was the guy you needed to have a chance to win tournaments. You got to put a picture of Kittle there instead of just his name. Yes. I don't think you could have looked in that face and said no to him. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely help. I want to throw out Austin Hooper here as well on the cheap end. You know, if you can't pay up or don't want to in certain lineups, especially if the other 3K tight ends come in at much higher ownership, the Ravens have settled down in terms of allowing fantasy points to tight ends lately versus how they started the season. But they're still just middle of the league in tight end coverage DVOA. Last time they faced the Browns, the the Cleveland tight ends combined for six catches, 85 yards and a touchdown on 11 targets this time. It's Hooper with no David Njoku, no Harrison Bryant. So 
he should be at least decently involved in this game. And it's still, even if it's not a matchup to exploit, it's a yeah. matchup that you can go to. Yep. I like it on defense. What are you playing? I'm going back to my old, my old friends, the Panthers, who I've been playing a lot in cash this season. Um, they're you know back down in price to $2,800. Um, they're the, uh, Carolina's easily our top dollars per point value at defense. They're, they're averaging 6.8 DraftKings points per game. That's sixth most among main slate defenses. Uh, they're two and a half point home favorites for the Falcons this weekend. Atlanta's allowing the most DraftKings points per game to opposing defenses. How is Carolina only 2,800 bucks in this matchup? They scored 11 DK points. The Carolina did against the Falcons in the first meeting, three sacks, two picks allowed only 13 points. And as you said, Falcons are the top scoring matchup. I don't understand the pricing here. And unfortunately I think that's going to really drive up their ownership for GPPs. Yeah. And if they're chalky GPPs, I won't play them. Cause I just, I don't play chalky defenses in GPPs. I think um, Cleveland who's a hundred dollars cheaper than Carolina makes some sense. I mean, you know, Baltimore offense has just been struggling. They've been giving up a bunch of sacks. Um, Cleveland's a talented defense. So I think they're in play and I, I'm going to try to force myself to get up to the saints um, at 3,600 in, in tournaments as well. Um, you know, I, I think Zach Wilson continues to be a, a quarterback to attack with opposing defenses. I won't argue with that, but I'm going to save that 900 bucks and stay down there with Cleveland against Lamar Jackson, who has nine giveaways, not necessarily just him, but Baltimore has nine giveaways over Lamar Jackson's four games since the bye. Ravens have fallen short of 20 points on offense in four straight games and five of the past six. So I think it might still scare some people to play a defense against Lamar Jackson, but it shouldn't right now because Baltimore has not been producing well on offense and has been giving the ball away. Yep. I, I think Baltimore on the other side of that game is in play too at $2,800. I think, you know, I think both defenses in that game have the potential to, you know, have a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. And of course, all you need is one touchdown and you're golden. Yep. That's going to do it for this week 14 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get more player recommendations. If you're a DS insider, you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with the lineup generator, build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. If you're with us on the stream, stick around. We will take a brief break and then fire up the FanDuel side. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaft saying thanks so much for some of us.